And welcome to episode 352 of the Sound Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my expectant co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. I, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a father. <laughs> Hooray! Huzzah! I'm about to bust out a butt baby in about half an hour. Congratulations. <laughs> if you don't know, that's during the show. <laughs> yes, if you're new here, that'll be about halfway through our first segment. <laughs> we'll be talking about the lost king, and I'll be like, I'm about to lose my king in my pants. We, we, we play a uh, game, uh, guess when Peter had to had to leave the room, had to, had to drop, a, drop a deuce, when he disappears off the voice recording for 30 minutes. The cla- the clattering of uh, coconut water bottles and fucking Slim Jim wrappers <laughs> will accompany my return. <laughs> remember that? T- uh, remember that time when I had that giant fucking where you uh, threw like six cans? cans? Yes, I do remember that time. It was, it was so more good. than one time, as I recall. It was it was an era. It was a, it was an age in my. Can life. you play? Can you play Wizard Staff with your uh, your coconut water bottles? I feel like you should be able to. Yeah. I don't. They don't really stack. Oh, they don't. Fuck. Just, but they just, cr- just crush the bottom of it. Just fucking just so fucking huge. And they're like, they are strong. You know, yeah, they're, they're a good squeeze to them. They got some good structure um, to them. You can make a pretty solid staff out of that. Magic mm-hmm. of coconut water. Whack them with your coconut stick. Yeah. That's a, that's a term. Uh, just like this term. For the episode that we're on, it's the Nurgle edition of the cast. Uh, we're all embracing Papa Nurgle today. Nurgle, uh, at least two two out of three of us, because we, we got the sickness. Yeah, we've got we got the disease. It's true. We've got the disease. Dirty, dirty. Somehow, dirty, dirty people. Peter Jake and I both got COVID by living in the crab realm, yeah. where no disease could ever <laughs> desires to tread. <laughs> Like there's a circle of old bay, like a warding circle around his house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we somehow have, we just have we have a salt circle, but all that does is like rust out the bottom of our cars. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, somehow Peter and I both having COVID is not the biggest news in in the group this week. Yes, um, I have a different kind of positivity test um, that my wife is with child. Huzzah. So, go. um, go you ahead. Before Facebook does. Go ahead now. Watch <laughs> the show doesn't air for a couple days. So, <laughs> we're waiting until Valentine's Day, but it's okay. Oh, I see. Well, <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. Um, it's out of the bag. Do they make baby shaped chocolates? I'm sure. Probably. It's just a little. So y'all out there now can uh, can put your bets on how much longer the show has. <laughs> Over after oh, started at fourteen not months. Not like a little, not like a child is going to disrupt my life that much, you know? Nah, couldn't be. <laughs> They're not so much work. If you get if they get rowdy, you just invite them to one of your D and D sessions, and they'll just like fall right asleep. Yeah. They say, "Hey, I need you to pay attention. Combat's going to be on your turn." No faster way to get a D and D player exactly to, to just lose consciousness and forget all of their surroundings. 
is to tell them to pay attention for because combat's about to happen. Well, depending on how good they are. I mean, I've heard I've heard from people that you, well, so there's something that exists called a trick baby. That's really good, hardly fussy, um, and oftentimes it's like one of the earlier children. It's like a, the first child. It's a trick baby, and it makes the parents be like, "Oh wow, this this is this isn't that bad. Let's have another one." <laughs> And then they don't sleep for three months. <laughs> and they're constantly having to deal with the colicky baby. Or they're just nightmares from the get-go. <laughs> you know, well, my, my niece um, apparently wasn't too bad. Um, she slept through the night pretty consistently in the beginning, which is like the big determining factor of seeing how well your, your stay as a dad is going to be or stay as a mom. But now you have this unknown genetic soup you're adding into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Your line is no longer pure. (laughs) Well, believe me, it wasn't pure before. My dad's line was a a mess. (laughs) We couldn't nail down what he was. I only say I'm 50% Italian because I don't know what my dad is. It's the, you know. Whatever goes in the sauce. Yeah, it's it's whatever happens when uh when a Lithuanian, an Englishman, and maybe an Irishman walk into a bar, you know, and then something call, comes out. Call that the latitude. Yeah, some amalgamation of ethnicities and um really no traditional things. <laughs> you know. I'm trying to think of my best Lithuanian jokes, but you know what? It's just not coming. To I don't me really today. know anything about Lithuania. No, <laughs> I don't no. have. You know, I can't reach into my my bag full of full of Lithuanian stereotypes and just pull a ripe one out. Well, instead, we can go to our other favorite stereotypical place where we're taking uh, taking this podcast live from, <laughs> which is of course down under the great Australia, the great mm. prison. Uh, of Australia, the great prison colony in the sky, Australia. Yeah. The uh, the 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 globe's joke that is Australia, because I feel like everybody who wants to just make an easy buck, uh, making a joke out of something is just like, hey, Australia is a bit odd, isn't it? Let's crack some jokes about kangaroos being weird, weirdly weirdly sexy creatures and. And the fact that all the bugs want to kill you. Uh, and the fact that they're on the bottom of the planet. So how are they even, you know, staying up? <laughs> Why aren't they falling off? Do they all have moon shoes? Maybe. Like, they're all wearing mag boots. Are you going to tell me that Australia just isn't a D&D cam- a campaign come to life when one of the common cultural foods is fucking fairy bread? True. True, and then you and then, what is fairy bread? Let me pray tell. Do me ask you. Do me and ask, me ask you. you this. <laughs> it is, it is white bread Fuck. with butter and just a shit ton of sprinkles on it, coast to coast. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's that's a birthday food. Like the kids are like, no, no, ma, no, no cake. Ah, no fairy bread. Give me the fairy bread for, for fucking my birthday. Yeah, let me wash uh, it down. And then we'll have some... a sausage roll. We'll have some saucies. 
Yeah. I love I saw a post on Reddit the other day that was like it was two sausage links on a Kaiser roll and they're like Australians, what do you call this? They're like and you could you could hear them short circuiting <laughs> from cot, from an ocean away cuz they want to say sausage roll but like they already have a word for that. So yeah. what What is a sausage I, roll? It's so, so think of like you know how we have like a there's like a you know an eclair or like a bear claw you know, yeah, a yeah. pastry with a cre- with a sweet filling. Instead of that, it's tomato sauce and beef. So it's like a, it's like kind of a, it's a calzone without any of the zazz. It's got no zazz on its own. It's it's England's version. It's the Anglosphere version of the meat within a bread pocket template that has been a food since the dawn of Homo sapiens. I, I that's feel a, that's like if you if we all die out, that's gonna be the cultural export that aliens find. They're like, well, they really liked putting meat in bread pockets. They had like yeah. fifty thousand different versions of it. Yeah, never yeah. ever has man failed to invent uh, hard alcohol and meat in a bread pocket. So yeah, it just seems like somebody took a beef pot pie or whatever those are, like the pastry pies. Which is basically like a pot roast and a pastry, um, and then mm-hmm. like took out all the excess, made it cheaper, and turned it into that. Which I mean makes sense for it being Australia. Like when you don't have access to civilized goods, uh, your prison population must uh, kind of do what they do what they can. So beef and seasoned beef in a pastry roll sounds good to me. Sounds like a dinner. Turned into sausage roll. See, I know, and I know Englishmen are cursing the Australians even as we speak because they don't have Greggs down in Australia, and that's where you get your sausage roll in in the island of England. You go to you go get your saucy from Greggs. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sure. look up a, a list of the stereotypes from Australia and pepper them in um, pretty liberally throughout this podcast and. Bet you will, you pinko commie. Jake, no hat, no play. Yeah. No, I think I think Koala Man actually hits a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Australia, uh, idiosyncrasies pretty, pretty on the nose. Well, they they had some um, some really like low key ones too. Um, I can't name off the back because there were like things that just went straight over my head, like 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 a Vegemite reference or like a Sydney opera house reference like yeah i'd get that but like they didn't really play on to like the whole oh creatures are trying to kill us good day and vegemite it's well they did the it's they have the next generation of australian jokes which is now uh it's it's handball apparently because both annie donna and and michael kiazak they've been they brought it back up they're like handball i'm sorry it was four square yeah. In Auntie Donna. I guess that's how it was that how that's how it was in New York. We played uh We played we on play my street the... we played Foursquare with like Olympic level intensity. It was a very oh, yeah. serious thing. Like throats just... were cut. And none of this two on what is this? Steroids two on two were taken they were playing in the show. You played 
you played uh, for the yeah. It's a free for all. The, the royal. Sometimes you you'd strike a, an alliance with someone to hold down the top two spots. <laughs> it's funny because um, but there, it would never last. There's an article the twelve stereotypes every Australian hates, and one of them is uh, referencing the convicts. Uh, and this, I mean, this is definitely written by an Australian. So like, I get it. They're trying to cover up their past. But, like, trying to say that they're all not, like, British convicts is kind of it's kind of a bit of a stretch. I feel like it's dishonest know? to imply that they're not, you know. I mean, I could definitely see that 24 million, the current 24 million citizens, they, I could definitely see them all having criminal. They're all guilty of something. Like, yeah. that's just a fact. Like, shrimp on the bobby? Oh, racist. Are they all racist, too? Oh, are racist? Nice. What, are you racist? Yeah. Evidently. Yeah. I mean, just look at Koala Man. I Most see a racist. Single, single dark type Australian. Dark type Australian. <laughs> <laughs> all these ghost types rocking around here. Yeah, they were all ghosts and fairy. <laughs> One fighting bunch. <laughs> Maybe a couple oh. of grass types, you know? Yeah. Crazy. And uh, maybe we'll catch some trailer type Pokemon in our trailer segment. There we go. There, there it is. Got the it. greatest of ease, we transition into our one of our many segments. Now, a segment Never did is a selection it. of time in our show, which we dedicate to a certain thing. This thing, in this case, Trey Watch, being trailers, which are short snippets of a movie that you watch to get a gist of the movie and that's what we're doing here so they're i know it's all very complicated so they're watching a short snip they're listening to a short snippet of they could be watching this video version of the show oh or watching you're you're watching or listening to a short snippet of a podcast about some fellas watching short snippets of movies (laughs) and people wonder why this show hasn't really taken off the way that some thought you know who 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 listens to that description and thinks, "Hey, I gotta get me some of that." Who doesn't? You know, the, the fine bros. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> happened to content? What the fuck happened to the fine bros? I think they got they they tried to own the uh, the human emotion of reactions. Yeah, and they they got laughed out of they got laughed at so hard they just quit making content (laughs) i think i think like athena cursed them like they lost their long-term memory so they can only react to things until the end of time they can't absorb information so everything is new i think i think they just have a i think they literally just have the youtube channel react yeah and it's still posting it just I mean, has like a not? bigger community because it's all like they take the random people and have them react to it, and then sometimes celebrities or sometimes like not celebrities, internet things. Oh no, internet they got personalities. They got Critical Role to do one. Oh no, oh. Of course they did. They can they can get anyone to do. Why did you do the that? Most, they have the most clout. When you're a star, um, they just let you do it. Yeah, much oh. like. Uh, actors have clout on this segment called Trey Watch. Don't try to write this shit, Peter. It's not happening. 
<laughs> now, Trey Watch, it's a segment of our show <laughs> in which we react. Don't worry, we'll cut, we'll cut the extra in post. Don't worry, you're not no, gonna I'm hear going to twice. I'm looping us around. We're gonna, I'm getting us caught like an ant death spiral. We'll just be forever introducing the segment, but never getting to it. <laughs> Truly Sisyphean videography, right here. Ah, uh, yeah. So which one of these baddies do we want to jump into first? I saw, I know we got a, we got the boogeyman over here too. I don't, we yeah, don't know if we, we might mentioned. as well. So did he, did he boogie on down? Now I saw this, I think. Let's groove tonight. During a football game. And I said, no, mm-hmm. I don't. Nope. It's got creepy kids. It's got a little demon thing. Calling it now, it's going to make. Bank buku bucks at the box office because it made it took like a million dollars to make. It's it's called the Boogeyman and it's coming out in the middle of June. Uh, this is this is summer summer horror schlock to the max. So I think this um, is a remake of a movie that came out in like oh six or oh eight, also maybe oh five, also called the Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. This is Stephen King's The Boogeyman. Also, oh, is right? it Stephen King's The Boogeyman? I did not know that beforehand. Yeah, they, I think they said like based on the the Stephen King, based on the King, the Boogity Man. So there's been a few Boogeymen, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a you know everyone thinks they're so clever when they when they come up with it the first time. Um. But, yeah, there was one. Uh, Nothing new under the sun. From 1982? <laughs> One from 2014? What if, what if the Boogeyman was just a copy of that movie? Like, the thing haunting that house? It was just like a little copy of the 1982 movie, The Boogeyman. So this is a weird, like... Um, here, let me uh, bring up the, the show and tell. So this is the uh, the cover art for The Boogeyman. Um, get the audience of you here, and then I will... Uh, link it to the, the 1982 boogeyman at least and it's just a, it's a girl like phasing through a door <laughs> there's no boogieing or men involved if i were a moviegoer in 1982 um i would be very disappointed by this uh yeah it's a, it's a door she's she's the door with arms Ooh. oh it's a it's a first class uh, piece. Twenty eight minutes unrated, straight to video. <laughs> how you? Yeah, and how it's going? How's it going to be the boogeyman on the night shift collection? Oh, Watch oh, okay. So you. I guess it's the night shift collection has that cover art because I'm looking at some other ones here, and they all have the same sort of girl in the door. That's the. It's the uh, true monster, girl in the door. Girl in the door. That does itself sound like another. And here's another boogeyman from 1980. So uh, yeah, it's it's the boogeyman. He's coming to get you. It's sadly the actually naming your movie the boogeyman is a more intimidating name than some of the the movie monsters we've gotten so far, like the bye bye man. Yeah, that's true. I can't I can't take a movie called The Boogeyman seriously because when I first started watching wrestling there was a character called The Boogeyman and that's all I think of when I hear 
the boogeyman now. I will I will link uh y'all his uh WWE.com profile page and we'll we'll share it with the audience. This is the boogeyman. <laughs> what if yeah, and like, he what would, if he would that shout turns out to be the monster and they're just fucking it it just he he power slams you through power slams the little <laughs> He's a girl very the table. very jacked up black dude who was like in his fifties <laughs> When he started out, but lied about his age, and um, he he had a theme music, and he was it started with him shouting, "I'm the Boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you!" And then he'd walk out with smoke and a clock for some reason, and a bag of worms, and he would eat the worms, and he would smash the clock over his head. Amazing. And I had no idea what any of his gimmick was supposed to be. He was not particularly scary, but he was just fucking weird. Oh. Yeah, he also sometimes this had a is... staff that, that smoke would come out of. Yeah, this looks to be on the level of, like, Danhausen. Oh, Danhausen oh, wishes scariness. he was on the level of the boogeyman. You know what I think is so interesting is that uh, every single, like, horror movie like this always has to have some sort of... um. Like um, I don't know, iconic prop piece that is like used in some way. Um, Skin and Marink just had like the like the toy phone or yes, something like Skin that. Um, I, I, you know, it could be like a bear or something like that that does something creepy. This girl's got like a a nightlight moon ball thing that's used yeah. as like a, a a prop or some sort of. I don't even know. Uh, She's got a. It's her comfort ball. Yeah, but it's used. It's used as like a narrative device to show the, because uh, it's using like the opening thing yeah. where they. I mean, show that was a cool bit of cinematography. Sure. Like they, they're doing stuff with with the camera. But I then mean, they're, they're not do... showing the monster, which yeah. also I guess is good. Yeah, you but should. But they kind of did show the monster though. I did you see? I shared a, a thing. I, I. I went full Sherlock Holmes and. Went frame by frame, and they did like a little jump scare in the trailer. So, oh. and you kind of do see like, um, you know, a couple times that it's it's in the background. But you can make out the shape. It's just kind of going to be dark, but uh, did you I guess see it depends it? on how much they're gonna. No, a I, white I guess sphere travels by the foreground of the screen. I don't know how that that video is fucking hilarious. If you haven't seen it, which one's that? Well, uh, what the one I was gonna tell you? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 called farting on my roommate's door. <laughs> you and I were thinking the same thing when I heard it's the white so sphere. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are are so in tune with these videos, and I'm completely on the outside. I'm I'm one with the schlock. <gasps> I want to see if it's on YouTube. I can't. This is like React stuff. No, there's too many weird shit. Farting on my boyfriend for 24 hours real life. That's not what I typed in YouTube. I'm not interested in your Dutch oven fetish. I'm really not. I, I found it, boys. It's 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 okay. the first result. Uh, okay, right. I guess it was only the XQC React. Um, I'm not gonna bother, but. It's a really, really, really good video of uh, proof that a ghost exists in this house. Um, <laughs> but the problem is that it's uh, 
it's also overlaid on top of a guy farting on his roommate's door for like 30 yeah, seconds <laughs> just horribly loudly yeah it's like it's like zach baggins ghost hunters kind of commentary but they never cut out the background audio of this man just ripping <laughs> ass it's it's comedy gold we'll have to track it down oh, you, got, you got two links to choose from so choose wisely <laughs> i'll have to, to wait till after the show um so that's boogeyman <laughs> <laughs> farting on my boogeyman's door um we then move on to a more <coughs> serious very serious movie murder mystery 2 yeah um i'll it almost it almost had me for a second and then i was like oh Hey, it almost looks like Adam Sandler's like he's trying not to be Adam Sandler. Like he's he's reformed. <laughs> he's docile. He's not him. And then the actual joke started and I was like, "Oh, that's an Adam Sandler joke. These are Adam Sandler jokes. He wrote the comedy on this. Yeah. God damn it." Yeah, so they they're going to uh I, I you know, I don't even have the sound on and I like understand what's happening. Like they're they're going they're going to a wedding. They're the guy's gonna die, yep. and then they're gonna have to solve out solve who died, how how they died, and there's gonna be some hijinks. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be and like, who's if you notice, Adam Sandler had his eyebrows threaded for this. I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to say. I'm curious why you say that you didn't you you thought he was being a little restrained. <laughs> the first shot of the movie is. is bus crashing into the side of a restaurant and him coming out and saying bonjour in a very Adam Sandler way. You know what? Maybe my brain glossed over that because it was like, <laughs> it almost looked like it was, a lot of this movie looks bad in the direct to Netflix way in like the generic, net, generic Netflix movie kind of way and not like bad in the Adam Sandler movie kind of way. Right. Um, but then he starts like it at right towards the end of the trailer, like there's a truck that hits a dude, and he goes, and he like ragdolls and goes flying. I'm like, that's that is 100% Adam Sandler joke. Like, that's straight out of Jack and Jill. Who thinks that they leaked their um, policy changes on purpose to get? The- I mean, it doesn't. It fucking wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I. I th- th- I found out that like apparently that was an accident that they uh they updated their policy and like it was only supposed to be in certain areas um and they're like testing it out in certain areas um I think they did it on purpose and they wanted to see uh how much flack they would get for it Well the thing is they announced that they were experimenting with this ages ago and got a shit ton of flack so like they've already done that water tests before they know the answer they're just hoping if they re-roll enough times the outrage might be small enough for they'll go for it we haven't fucking forgotten netflix (laughs) the more times you do this to us the more we're gonna get pissed off somebody had a really good point though they said um netflix was a, a like a service of convenience and now you're making it not convenient for people so like We're going to drop you like a bad habit. As Gabe Newell uh, once so eloquently put, piracy is almost always a service issue. Yeah. And, and, and like, that's, it's, like, so true. If they they ever start to, 
I think what surprised me the most is that they didn't roll out like an alternative. Like, yeah, we're getting rid of like password sharing, but like if you buy our premium subscription or something like that and force you to split the fee with somebody, then we'll let you have it in multiple homes. So here's the thing. Like I pay for the highest tier of Netflix because it's the only one that has 4K and it comes with four screens. If password sharing is yeah. not a thing, I don't need four screens. <laughs> yeah. So where yeah. where's my money value coming? Why am I paying so much extra for Netflix? Why isn't 4K streaming, which is offered at the default price of every other streaming service, baked into your main price tier? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, man, it's fucking annoying. It's not even good. They, it's like they, they also only give like a fifteen megabit per second max bandwidth limit to their four K content, which is not nearly enough for that resolution. So it looks yeah. kind of ass compared to Disney. And and the content that they're putting out is like really like, it's either subpar shit mixed with like good shit that other people have made and they just bought the rights to so now like is kunk on earth a netflix thing or is that um that's a bbc or, or i channel four like there's okay. the the character kunk has been on a lot of different shows They've been okay. around okay so they're like either because i i just watched a couple episodes of that and I was laughing nonstop. And I'm like, holy shit. There's something actually good on Netflix, which is kind of surprising. Well, I think you could leave and, was was like that for me. Yeah, can you I think you can leave is also fantastic yeah. stuff. Like they, they put out every now and then you have like like a golden drop, but damn, it's like Well I, they I put so people, much stuff out. Fine. Like, you yeah. know, some of it is bound to be good. Just by the, the rate, by the law of averages, but it's not a good hit rate. And the shit, the shitty part is like they cancel good shows. Like I, for whatever reason, I'm on like Warrior Nun Twitter, um, <laughs> and apparently there's a really diehard community that wants Warrior Nun to get renewed for a third season, but they canceled it. Um, Jake, I don't think we can can just casually gotta, glance past. I gotta find context on this one. <laughs> you can't know. just slip into casual conversation. So I'm on Warrior Nun Twitter without so any context. <laughs> so I'm on Warrior Nun Twitter. All right, and you know, it just you just find the hashtag. Why is war? Well, actually, I get on there accidentally. It's not my fault, really. It's really the nuns' fault. So. Uh, they, like, like any Catholic school hashtags. alum, you're blaming the nuns oh. for all your life's problems. <laughs> <laughs> they they get they get these catchy hashtags that I'm like, whoa, what is what is this trending? You know, it's not like uh, somebody's name or obvious right in the right in the front thing. And then it's fucking warrior nun stuff. It's people bitching about how the fact that warrior nuns is getting canceled. And now there's a hashtag save warrior nun. So I'm like, why are there so many people that care about this show? Is it really that good? Well, I've I've encountered this phenomenon before with several CW shows. Um apparently those fans get to be rather deranged and they'll send shit like there's this show, I think it was called Reaper. And it was popular amongst like six people and 
they got a huge campaign together where they all sent socks to the producers of the show to try to keep it on the air. I guess that was a thing in the show. <laughs> I gotcha. Hmm. Like, uh, apparently they bought a billboard in New York City. Hashtag save warrior none. I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, they are really pushing it. Hey, I've contributed yeah, to some Kickstarters for people to fly planes over MetLife Stadium with banners to fire the current head coach of the Jets before, so I can't really. I want to see how much it costs for uh, a one one slot in, in Times Square, because I know a, a lot of people do that. They'll get They'll get, like, six seconds. In uh, in New York City, um, yeah. I don't. Uh, true impacts the company, but do they are they gonna like just say it? All right. Oh, yeah. You can get hundred fifty dollars an hour for a billboard. That's not that um, bad. Yeah. So low is five thousand dollars a day. To run an ad, depending on you know how much you're running it, and... yeah. So it's not honestly. like it's it's definitely a good value because it's it still feels like a flex, and people still talk. I about mean, it you're like gonna a get a lot of foot. A lot of people are gonna see your ad, right? But I think people just get like they'll get like one ad. They'll get one one slot. Um, but yeah, so okay. That's that's warrior nuns. <laughs> Is that anything like warrior cats? <laughs> Is that anything like SWAT cats? Samurai pizza cats? Anyone remember that show, or is it just no. me? I heard. I I feel like I remember it existing. I never saw it, but I remember that it existed. Yeah. Um, moving oh. on. Um, moving on <laughs> is a movie. Yeah. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Got um, him. so you fell in my trap. Two, dude. two. They 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 stole away two from the eighty for Brady bunch to to be in another yep. movie that I thought was going to be the the one for me part of the the, the riddle that is eighty for Brady. But yeah, then it also was super schlocky and dumb looking, and now I don't know what to think about it. And they um, buy a gun. It's like so. Old ladies mad like... at Malcolm McDowell for some reason, and now that their daughter, I guess, is dead, she wants to kill him. And it's all a big joke. <laughs> so... I feel like half these yeah. concepts are made up behind like trying to put these uh, old ladies into situations where they normally wouldn't be put in. Like, yeah. haha, wouldn't it be funny if we had a couple 80, 90-year-olds going to a pawn shop to buy an illegal gun? Yeah, like, this is, it's, Golden Girls actually had comedy, but all the producers got the wrong thing from it, and they said, what if, what if old women said poopy? Old lady says the poopy word. That's comedy. Well, this has been a recent resurgence. There was, there was a very big lull in this this space but i guess as the moms the mom movie of our era now must be the grandma movie of the new era and so the leads the leads ages have had to increase it's aging with my mom interesting it's weird 
so weird to track Hollywood trends based off moms. our parents and moms. I don't like it. The, mo- the mom index, the, the mindex, index, if you will. And this is at the this is at the red threat level of grandma territory. Yeah, um, I was gonna say for for something a bit more. I don't know if anyone has any other comments about this trailer. I do not. Oh, yeah. Um, Something a little more directly, you know, a little more up on the the mom index, at least my folks. Um, The Lost King, because my family loves them a good Steve Coogan movie. Yeah, Uh, this is an interesting movie. Uh, Lady gets obsessed with... uh, King Richard, Richard, I guess. Wants to find his lost remains. Which, yeah, this, you know what? This is is based on a true story movie. So, true story of amateur historian Philippa Langley, who took on Britain's most eminent historians, forcing them to rethink the legacy of a controversial ruler. Um, Yeah, it's, it's got Harry Lloyd and Sally Hawkins and, and Steve Coogan in it. And uh, it looks to be decent. I'm sure that people who are more Anglophiles than I am will uh, be into it. But yep. So I wanted to see like when this when this all happened. Yeah. So they did find King Richard um, in like 2012. Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember that being a news story. Yeah, we were in. We was in high school at the time. Yep. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Well, because you're uncultured. You're not wrong. I definitely was uncultured back then. Yes, back then. It must be. <laughs> What's the dividing line between, like, because I'm I was in the middle of the state. Kurt's on the on the right half. Jake was on the left half. What's the What's the line there? Ithaca. Like, is the Finger Lakes just a barrier? You were. Yeah. I'd say you're a little more westernly left half of the state than you are smack dab in the middle it's true we don't we didn't we didn't touch them mountains yeah because we, we got, were we were very canadian so we we took a lot of our yeah you're basically canada out there yeah buffalo is one of the most canadian cities in america they have tim hortons that's all you need to know yeah, yeah. when you when you get the tims and you start getting addicted to that and you're like oh i gotta go to tim's tonight this morning it, you know, it's they've uh, got their hooks in you. You must be purified. You're no longer American. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Lord, Burger King. Lord Hortons, up... roll up my rim and I shall win. <laughs> oh, dude, roll up the rim to win was lit, and their commercials busting. Um, but everything kind of went to shit in a handbasket when uh, BK, the king, took over, uh, and their muffins started just not tasting the same. Uh, the coffee was always fine. Coffee. What about was there, fine. did Tim Hortons do Tim Tams, or is that just the two things with the same same words? What the fuck's a Tim Tams? Tim Tam is a confectionery of some kind. Let me uh, let me let me find Tim Tams for you. Because I know I I thought you were like trying to find a Timbit or some of that. That's the Timbits the, is probably what I was thinking. Of, but Tim Tams are are also a thing. Um, this I guess this qualifies as our as our rabbit hole. No, no, I don't. Uh, they're like they're like cookie, they're chocolate covered cookie biscuit things. No, there was never a Tim Tam Tim's Hortons crossover. 
but uh man that that'd be a good idea though actually well it probably would work i'm glad that that rabbit hole had a happy ending just like this movie my happy ending uh the uplifting story of a woman with cancer <laughs> meeting the right. most unlikely of unlikeliest of friends it's the happy cancer, cancer movie it's, yeah, the, it's the feel good yeah, cancer is... movie straight from the bowels of lifetime tv yeah this comes uh, the the sisterhood of the traveling radiation therapy this... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah our main character's power she's she's the chosen one cuz she gets to keep her hair um, and they all have imagination adventures where they try desperately to be to deny the fate that that uh, slowly approaches them inexorably. Yeah, Andy Andy McDowell plays herself in a movie about her facing colon cancer Col- with her friends. Yeah, does she actually have colon I'm cancer? I'm trying or to figure that out Probably. now. Hell, because that would be. Even more sad. McDowell was divorced in 1999. I don't know if you guys know this, but celebrities are not actually immune to cancer like we all thought. Well, I thought I was immune to COVID. That didn't work out so well. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure if they go, I'm pretty sure they have a trainer that will just help you reconstruct your own second body with enough <clears throat> uh, juice fasting and uh, 6 a.m workout regimens you can just craft your own second homunculus um like that's what they got to be doing in silicon valley did y'all hear about did y'all hear about that like research into um like restarting rebooting cells as like the um possible like cure to everything no i have not well it makes sense turning it off and on again is one of the most tried and true troubleshooting methods (laughs) in the world (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's how they described it when they were like talking to people in like layman's terms or like think about like rebooting the cell uh, Wait, so, as like a way to 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 reverse aging process. So you're telling me that like as I'm dying, I can just treat my jeans like a fucking set of underwear and just turn them in, you know, turn them around and then when they get even more degraded, you turn them inside yeah. out. Yeah. That's what I did this morning and <laughs> Got no complaints here. <laughs> um, I could not find anything about her actually having cancer. When you search her name in cancer, this movie comes up. So, well, I guess I guess she'll just have to make a covenant with God <laughs> in the new Guy Ritchie movie, The Covenant, which is, is this a the, uh, really is this the sequel to Halo. Yeah, this is a this is actually a, a sequel, a spinoff of the Halo series that they promised. Did not know Guy Ritchie's name was going to be in the title though. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so he is going to be um, uh, making a movie about how the aliens uh, were actually Al Qaeda. And maybe took over the planet somehow. So this uh, is no laser guns, though. I remember when SEAL Team Six went in to assassinate the Prophet of Regret. Um, classic operation. Yeah. So this is quite a different kind of movie than Guy Ritchie's usual fare. I forget what he usually makes. Usually, he does a lot of like gangster movies, oh, okay. like Snatch and The Gentleman. 
and stuff along that lines. He did the Sherlock Holmes movies, the more recent ones of Robert Downey Jr. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yes, it's all coming back to me so now. So this is a little bit different than what he usually does. Uh, it's got Homelander in it and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. So it's yep. got some... The pieces are there. I'll see it. I like Guy Ritchie. Gerard Richie. Butler is nowhere to be seen. Nope. Um, Mark Wahlberg, also missing. Yeah, so... Um, this is already much more diverse than than our usual fare. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it. It's it'll be interesting to see. I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of Guy Ritchie's work, generally speaking. Um, so, <clears throat> so I guess it revolves around this um, interpreter translator guy who joined this group of uh, Navy fucking seals or Marines or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind um, of feels like an enemy mind sort of thing. Troops in Afghanistan. I, I think he's like he probably was like a soldier maybe fighting against Al Qaeda or the Taliban. Did they say Taliban or Al Qaeda? I forgot. Um, no clue. And one of those bad groups of the Islams, um, and he's now switched sides, working for the American government. Um, but he actually mm. has combat training, and he's actually like the John Wick of the Middle East. He's L. John Wick. L. John, <laughs> L. John, L. John Wick. Wick. He's L. John Wick, and he's come to kill you for killing his dog. Very similar stories. Uh, the same, he knows in fact. Arabic. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> basically. John, John, instead of John Wick, it's John Arabic. John Arabic, yes. Correct. John Arabic. And... Um, Next up, we have the uh, George Foreman Grill origin story. That's right. <laughs> Big George Foreman. Um, Big George Foreman. George Foreman has um, an interesting life and lot career. More, lot more Jesus than I, I thought. Yes, I was I was concerned for a minute there because they, they put the whole movie in the trailer. Um, I was concerned for a minute there because after like a very brief lip service to his early boxing career, it's all about Jesus. And I was like, oh no, are they going to make a George Foreman movie about his preaching and not about his grilling or his boxing? <laughs> but it tried to be all things to all people. And uh, there's going to be like a good 25 minute swath in the middle of this movie yeah. <laughs> where it's going to be a lot of Jesus. And you're just going to have to be prepared for that. You have to live it. Yeah. This definitely feels like. <clears throat> Um, I think it captures the eccentricity of George Foreman. Like this is, I could definitely see this guy being the kind of man who would name all his kids the same name. His name. <laughs> They're all George Junior. Even the Romans weren't that fucked up. They named their first kid Primus and their second kid Segundus. Segundus. Like they hit the rush. The the Romans at least put numbers in there. Like they numbered their kids. George Foreman he couldn't even couldn't even do that. George Primus and George, George Secundus, Pr- dinner's ready. <laughs> I made it on my famous grill that I made. That is a knock out of the park. Um, yeah, I got nothing really to say. I don't know a whole lot about George Foreman other than he's got a grill. He was a boxer. Didn't know he was dipped into a river and baptized. He was like that. He was a very good boxer. Um, he's, he's one of those debates of like, you know, 
where does he rank all the time in terms of the great heavyweights? Um, he he beat he made Joe Frazier look like a chump, and Frazier beat Ali, was one of the few people who beat Ali in his prime. Right. So he's got that kind of like but the transit he got question. he got mugged by Ali. The the Rumble in the Jungle was one of the biggest heavyweight boxing fights ever. And uh, George Foreman calls it the mugging in the jungle because he walked in with two belts and walked out with zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But by the time so, Tyson yeah, kind of came up. got Martin Lawrence. Yeah, he was out of there. And he's in the he's wrestling and between the between the uh the rounds he's in the he's in his corner getting resting up and um Is that Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence comes in, he's like oh, that was Forrest Whitaker for a while. Yeah. Remember the rebellion. Yeah, don't you mean do you mean Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, does Martin Lawrence have the Forrest Whitaker eye now? <laughs> it's all it's all just coming together, you know. They play, put a little Elvis on, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just music to my ears. Uh, Forge Jordan. Yeah, that's yeah. It looks like it's a. It, it, I feel like this movie's gonna drag. To be honest, I've, it, it spans a lot of topics, and I feel there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna fall asleep if I ever see this. I think I'm not. I think if I was to watch this, I wouldn't be able to make. I'm not gonna see this in a theater, because I don't think I'd be able to sit through the Jesus part, which I know is gonna be like too long. Say this movie's an hour forty five minutes, it's gonna be like a half hour of the Jesus stuff. <laughs> yeah. Will the the only real question is: Is this going to have as bad editing as Bohemian Rhapsody? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Well, it remains to be seen. That's 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 a difficult a... peak to reach. Let's see if they got a time release already for the April twenty eighth. Uh, I was talking about like a length. So... Oh, I was talking about my fucking time time release medicine. <laughs> my Let's time release two. George Foreman anti seizure medication. Big George. Yeah, Foreman. those of you who asking, yes, I did have my. My my pants, baby. Twenty minutes ago. <laughs> that's called con. That's called a callback. It's too late for a callback. Don't don't call it a callback. Uh, no, there's no uh, no official no, no. runtime listed as of yet. But um, that's. I said I said length, <laughs> and it gave me the height of George Foreman. I guess it makes sense. <laughs> Uh, so How this long movie's, is the George Foreman? This movie's gonna be six feet four inches. <laughs> hmm. I see. I wonder how long, how much time that uh, translates to in terms of like real, like in terms of film reel. How much time does six feet of film get you? Well, so you have to how how wide is a frame of film stock? Uh, so 35 millimeters, be, which yep, 35 mil is millimeters to inches, millimeters to inches. Let me bring up my calculator here. Crunching the numbers for science. All right, so 35 divided by 25.4 is 1.3. Okay, so 1.38, let's call it. So 70, 
six inches divided by one point three eight gives you fifty five frames. So about two and a half seconds. <laughs> Good. Really succinct movie. <laughs> I like it. One second for George and the other second for Foreman. Just goes to show you how much uh, film actually has to be on a film reel. Yeah. To yeah play a movie. Big old chunky things. And all that space, uh, you know, it takes up space. So you have to find somewhere to put it all. And, you know, if you're Hollywood, you put it in a salt mine. Or you put it in a shed if you're early Hollywood because you don't know how to store film. And then a fire destroys priceless years of uh, cinematic film history. (laughs) Or you throw them out yourself because you're like, ah, fuck it. Who needs to watch? (laughs) Who needs to watch the extended cut of fucking Citizen Kane? Not me. Not necessary at all. Could you fucking imagine if we could get the director's cut of Citizen Kane? <laughs> I think I don't think Orson Welles compromised on much. <laughs> no, he did. Like he did. That was it. Was famous as like that was one of the things. Like they, the st- well, he didn't compromise. The studio went behind his back and cut some shit out of the film so it would fit a good runtime. And then they threw out the film. Hmm. So there was a director's. There was more footage in Citizen Kane that we never got. to You see. know. I haven't seen it, obviously, but I wonder if it would have made anything better. I think the movie's pretty well paced as it is. I think more shit might have hurt it more than it helped it. Who knows? I maybe we should watch it for like April Fools. <laughs> Do like a fucking one, like a, a one minute review. It's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, I mean, I've seen it, it before. <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. it yet. I would love to see it and just shit all over it. It's I'll, I'll be honest with this... you, it's it's kind of a little boring in parts. I've seen better movies, but um I think a lot of its importance comes from how much of the groundwork for what a modern movie looks like it laid. Um so it's of, of it's of great historical importance, but I think by I today's like, yeah, standards I've to... seen better stories told yeah i feel like if you watch it next to other i'm guessing if you watch it next to other contemporary movies oh yeah uh it'll stick out like a fucking sore thumb like Like, it'll shine like a beacon in the dark it was one of the first movies when i was doing my poster which i'm still working on i'm almost done um (laughs) it's a hundred movies it takes a while um these are the things we're doing yeah, yeah so uh it was one of the first ones i did um, along with another movie from a couple years earlier, The Great Dictator, and they couldn't be more different in like how they looked and felt, especially in comparison to other modern movies. Um, mm-hmm. But like after that, you know, stuff like Casablanca, Maltese Falcon, all kind of look more similar to to movies. It to have its own own style. Yeah, but Orson Welles and Citizen Kane were a big part of that. Just like the box office and and the follow up was a big part of part of things. <laughs> so we're on we're on that now. We're talking about that now. Um, in first place this week, 
or last week, January 27th, 29th. Avatar, The Way of Water, bringing in $15.968 million, down 20.7%. Already leaving theaters out of 190 theaters um, in just its seventh week. So it's standing at $2.13 billion now. It seems like it's slowed down a lot overseas. Um, I I don't think it's gonna hit. It's definitely. I don't think it's gonna pass Avatar one. I don't think it's gonna yeah. pass Endgame. I uh, I think. How much does that matter to James Cameron? I don't know. It's he he hit the calculated target. I think I think he'd like it to beat out Endgame. Because I think he wants all his movies to be on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. It. I, I don't know where it ranks now. Um, domestic. See, it really bugs me that Box Office Mojo, so much of the things I loved about it are behind a fucking paywall now. Mm-hmm. Um, all-time rankings. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, top lifetime oh, gross, God. it is 10th. Oh, that's domestic. Can I can I see worldwide, please? Top lifetime gross worldwide. Here we go. Uh, so top world life gross, uh, worldwide gross all time. Uh, Avatar two point nine billion dollars. Avengers Endgame two point seven, essentially two point eight billion dollars. Titanic two point one nine. Avatar: The Way of Water two point one three. So it might catch Titanic. Although uh, Titanic just recently had its 25th anniversary release, <laughs> so we'll see. Oh my God, it's been 25 years since that movie came out. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he'd like it to displace Avengers, so it can be his movies as the top three all time. Uh, yeah. For those of you curious, uh, Star Wars: Force Awakens is fifth all time with. To just over two billion uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, a little bit less than that, two point oh five two. Uh, no Way Home, one point nine two. Jurassic World, one point six. Lion King, the twenty nineteen Lion King, <laughs> one point six bill, and the original Avengers, one point five billion, round out the uh, top ten. But um, interesting to look at the foreign percentages. Uh, where this the a lot of the you know Avatar, uh, Avengers stuff, almost seventy percent of that money is foreign, but Star Wars is huge domestic. I think it's the best domestic movie of all time, bringing in just under a billion dollars domestically, uh, which was like forty six, almost forty seven percent of its revenue, which is kind of interesting. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll see, yeah. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, finds itself back in second. Uh, actually, it was in second last week, but good for it. Six week. It's, it's outlasted. People... Movies have come and gone, but Puss in Boots has endured. <laughs> As I, I would I recommend people give it a watch. It's got... Uh, you know, Jack Horner is going down as a classic villain. He's going down in the history books. He is. I've seen a lot of clips of him that are uh, very funny. 
I've heard. Gotta say, I love it. So I was looking at my morning news roundup and saw an interesting one. I guess Eddie Murphy was talking shit about Puss in Boots and wants wants to return his donkey in a spinoff or in Trek Five. I mean, the literal last that last scene of the movie is them all getting on a boat and heading to far, far away land to go see, go hang out with Shrek and Fiona again. So fucking sure. Yeah, get, dust, like Eddie Murphy's, dust Mike Myers he's getting off. back into films. Right, he's been doing films more and more, and Mike Myers is like, he's getting back more and more. It's the the stage is set for the for the Shrek soft reboot. Shrek <laughs> six, is it is like it, it's Shrek, but the S is a six. It's like six Shrek. Oh God! Has there been a or fifth? Shrek Shrek? I think this would be the fifth Shrek. Five Shrek. Get frecked. Get fracked. Um, opening in third, we have Pathan. $6.8 million. Patel. But Pathan. more importantly, um, it lands in our spotlight. Pathan is the story of an Indian spy who takes on the leader of a group of mercenaries who have nefarious plans to target his homeland. It's made $21.9 million worldwide so far. Uh, but as I said, more important than any of that, it finds itself in our spotlight. And what what a glorious day it always is when a Bollywood movie is relevant enough in the box office to find itself in our spotlight because uh, the nation of India is populated almost entirely by hype beasts. <laughs> and so everything, every review is... is perfect hyperbole um so drinking games if you hear mention of the cashmere files take a drink <laughs> yep we'll see if those still pop up at all and, um, and we'll go from there uh lucky bkp has a 10 out of 10 review of pathan whoa what a comeback entertainment at its best ellipses srk 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 Finally, the wait is over. Fasten your seatbelts, because Pathan has arrived. Whoa, what a comeback. Entertainment at its best. Hey, that's the title. This movie has everything. Action, emotion, story, romance, and patriotism. Everyone should, everyone should must watch this movie. Full-on entertainment. Surak Saharuk Khan, Deepika Padukone, and John Abraham all have a fan- done a fantastic job. Deepika is looking so gorgeous. Saharuk, as always, super duper handsome and kissable. The cinematography is the top level. I added in the kissable part. <laughs> The cinematography ticket shrink is at the top level. Altogether, Pathan is pure theoretical experience, theatrical experience that deserved to be watched in a packed theater with a lively audience. There are moments when the theater turns into a stadium, which enough makes the film a full... I assume this is a Indian expression that I am about to butcher. Uh... Payasa Vasul feet. You gotta you gotta put that into the old translator there. Let's we can check that out. Um 
28 out of 68 found that helpful. So let's let's Google this phrase here. Um, okay, so that's that's another movie. It's a it's an Indian movie. Oh, okay. Uh, from mm. 2017, which God. does not star Mr. Khan. So, uh, but there is a guy right. named Muhammad Ali in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, that's he is not the Muhammad Ali you know. <laughs> he's an Indian actor who goes by Muhammad Ali. <laughs> oh, surprising! Float like an RRR, sting like a cashmere files. <laughs> I will, uh, I will, um, I will grace you all with the. Uh... So we've got a general smorgasbord of a. Uh... Our reviews to pick from. There are 590 total reviews. I got 108 one-star reviews. Now, I've gone through these and painstakingly read each and every one of these. Definitely did not to pull find the top and... two that he found. Kurt, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I picked out the top, the top of the top. I'm agreeing with crop. you, Jake. I said you definitely did <laughs> not do that. Oh, oh, sorry. God, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just love it when we get <laughs> irresponsibly and weirdly mad at each other for saying the right thing? God damn it! Um, so no, I I went through. I found there a lot of a lot of you know a lot of you know people naysayers naysayers saying no no this isn't a good movie. Um, but a few a few have the intellectual input of IMDb to break down this and systematically rate it at the 1 out of 10 that they think, they feel in their heart of hearts that it deserves, just like Rayhan 02922 says 1 out of 10, zero story poor VFX, watch only for SRK and train sequence what is SRK? Uh, it's I, the uh, the a- it, lead actor a, Salman, I think oh. it's Salman Khan no, it's Saharuk okay. Khan Oh, sorry. Ah, okay. So it is an acronym that they did not capitalize. Okay, fine. It's sure you can. Was waiting for this day for over two years. I hoped this would be finally be the movie that would blow my mind after such a long streak of Hindi movie disappointments. Excited. Saw it first day, first show, and it just added to the streak. If there was no SRK, this would be a flop. No question, relying on his hype to carry this only. The good SRK is back. The train sequence. John, a great bad guy. Debika was extremely attractive. Songs are decent. Pathan character background hand to hand action choreography. The bad story, predictable, plagiarized, dot, 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 even Lion King, and meanders, very disappointing, poor VFX, 50 to 75% action relies on VFX. It's almost cartoony, silly action sequences. The action sequences are just silly rather than thrilling, dot 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 when it's hand to hand fantastic but everything else is literally just dumb all other characters are forgettable literal cardboard cutouts one of four jokes land robbles cringe 
<laughs> background score weaker to war being a mess being massive fan of war i knew each beat and when would hit was perfect background score this was on and off overall you could watch if diehard srk fan but please do not expect a good story if you do go train sequence is unmissable but Action is not something you haven't seen before. Cheaper version of similar stunts taken from iconic action movies. 77 of 105 found that helpful. Definitely not the top of the featured list. So I've been I've been reading reading a little bit up on our boy SRK here. And everyone keeps describing this as a comeback. But looking at his IMDb page, it doesn't look like he went anywhere. And just last year he was in Brahmastra part one. Maybe this is like a Nick Cage esque comeback, right? Where he's always been here, but he's ready to like take center stage again. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, maybe Smart Sagatrian knows. can clue us in. Yeah. With this was one of the top rated top rated reviews uh, when I when I was browsing through them all. Um, six out of ten. Overhyped. Less content. I went to watch the movie after watching movie like Drisham 2, Ved. My expectations was I will see a masterclass. Pathan movie is just a copied version of Fast and Furious. Tigers in Dahain, War. Dot plot of film is very common, not new story. Direction is good. Some scenes are excellent shooted with a broad shooting dot special effect and VFX ROK type. Uh, Shahrukh yeah, tries to give a good performance, but he as action hero doesn't appeal. Cameo of SRK and Salman Khan was high point of movie. Dimplecopedia was good, her performance was strong and powerful. Depika was more glamorous and less agent. She could have been used better. John Abraham was awesome. His swag was great. His looks hunky. Style, panache. He was more better than SRK. <laughs> In all movie, was not bad, not good. I wouldn't watch movie for second time. My issue is, after I left theater, there was no scene that I would remember for a long time. It's an average movie, not epic. Spent up to 300 uh, rupees only for ticket, not more. Parthan hype is more content, is less. 97 out of 135. I just love that there's a dude named John Abraham in this cast full of very (laughs) difficult to pronounce for white whiteies like us Indian names. His swag was great. His looks. Hunky. Hunky. Yeah. Well, um, let's see if um, Hito Strockett has anything to say about Hito Strockett, king of the wild frontier. (laughs) Blockbuster loading. uh, Six period ellipses. Hashtag Pathon. This is one of the best action-packed thriller and a beautiful patriotic film I've ever seen in my life. Many scenes gives you goosebumps, literally the way 
whole movie shot on location, background score, story, everything is just perfect for this film. Entertainment all over the film. It's a massive comeback for the king of Bollywood, Sahrukh Khan. Two periods. He's looking super hot and dashing in the whole film, as well as John. (laughs) Topeka and Dimple Kapadahia. Ma'am performed terrifically throughout the film. This is one of the finest entertaining films of this year. Just don't miss it on big screen. Loved it wholeheartedly. Go for it. (laughs) So, wait. So, everyone's talking about John Abraham. I just looked him up. Dude's a a fucking... He is a hunk. hunk. He's like... He's like India's next top oh. model out here. Oh, like, holy, holy shit, right? Fuck. God. He's, uh, Damn, dude. You doing roids or you do Photoshop? Huh? He's got an interesting... Uh, a little of, little of pectoral A, a little of pectoral B. His abs have abs. He's got them side abs. Man, all right. He's, uh, <laughs> Don't mess with India. Did you not watch RRR, Jake? You should have already known this. Well, I just figured they were partially CGI. Just, I mean, they all the whole uh, country is partially CGI. <laughs> <laughs> they all got the Kevin Hart treatment? No, he's totally CGI. It's all CGI. Kevin Hart. Coincidence? I think not. Same as shoulder, saying one out of ten. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Um. Yes, <laughs> as a educated UPSC aspirant, this is disaster and worst. Uh, these are all like separate paragraphs. So, what the hell is? I could actually probably do a poem style. Uh, if you might. No, there's, there's too much fucking weird shit going on. What the hell is racked beige? Crying laughing face emoji. 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 Question mark. <laughs> Depika is not so hot. Only hype. SRK, sorry. Not so much good. <laughs> Second half is worst. Besharam Rang is fall to torture film worst. Abwar to Metlana? The film is not good. (laughs) Sorry, that broke me a little bit. Uh, The movie seems to be a bit of chimera made of several movies put together. Gaddar, Tiger, and Hero Panty series. Panty series, not Panty. Did you just go to Japan here for a second? Hero, yeah, right? Wearing panties over there? It's Asia, man. (laughs) It was too many nukes, too many nukes. Uh, It was mostly choppery crowd in the theater hooting, clapping, and shouting. And then there were loads of not-so-excited folks like me, given the movie's storyline. Guess I may have been looking at much better story, but then what works for the masses is what gains traction, it seems. My suggestion, 
to someone not wanting to watch brainless fighting scenes, they could avoid the movie. <laughs> 63 out of 95 found that helpful. I kind of love the fact that they just like they just kind of give it to you straight. That was they that was very say, helpful. You can if you don't want this, you can avoid the movie. This is he empowers you to make the decision. It's so it's so easy to just give like half inspired like warnings to not go see a bad movie. It's another thing to just be like, you want some advice? Just don't go see it. Like, I I love that. There you I go, love friend. that he gives you, the reader of his review, the agency to make the decision for yourself. He respects you and your time. Good, good, good on. This is it's why good. we get the real reviewers. Let me see if I. You're not going to find that, that Sean Rotten Tomatoes. Just like, shout out to this four out of ten review on that on that topic um, by Finn Morali. It's it's a it's a really pretty good review, but um, the title is "How much of your brain can you keep out of the theater?" <laughs> and that's just that's just a beautiful little stinger right there. But uh, the actual review I'm reviewing is uh, from uh, Venkata Santor. Venkata Santor, um, five out of ten. Average, poor story script. Film is average, same old story, with mix of tiger and war movie, nothing new, but horrible, and store poor, uh, poor story, script, and writing. 1. There is a saying for a spy, once a spy, always a spy, but here spy believe in a spy of country whom diplomatic relation are not okay, and that spy gives a silly reason to believe her, and he believes, and betrayed, and again he believe what story, yeah, this is. 2. Funny part was the plan that they were discussing to steal important object from Russia. That plan was so childish, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry, actually. 3. In none of the story, villain will say how to deactivate that object after activating it, even if he says he would not have break the remote and give no option. This is how every story would be out there, but Jim says this remote is to deactivate, and then he keep in his shoulder... Hari, what script? Yeah, this is what kind of villain Jim is. Is he villain or comedian? Overall, very, very, very poor story script written. But music was great. As usual, Arjeet Singh stole the show, and Shilpa voice was also marvelous loved music. Yeah, and acting too, but poor script, poor script and story actually. 46, 40 out of 72. That's quite a hit rate. Alrighty. Spy once a spy, always a spy. But here spy believe in spy of a country. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Alright. Oh. Trailing Pathon, you have a man called Otto and fourth up a spot from last week, bring in six point six five million dollars. Megan falls two spots into fifth, six point two million for that as it gets ushered out of more and more theaters. Missing, also falling two spots, um, finds itself in six with five point six million dollar take down thirty eight percent from the previous week. Um, pretty low drops for everything in the top ten. Usually we see fifty percent drops, but I guess we're we're at that low tail yeah. off on a lot of these. Um, plane <laughs> finds itself down a single spot, down twenty seven point seven percent, three point eight million. 
Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist. Uh, 2.5 million in its opening week. It's a fathom event. And let me read to you. Like, is it Left Behind 2? Left Behind again? I don't know. But let me read to you the the wonderful summary of this movie, because I found it delightful. The only light after the world falls into chaos is a charming new leader who rises to the head of the UN. But does he bring hope of a better future? Or is it the end of the world? Hint. The UN is the Antichrist. Uh, Infinity Pool open in uh, ninth with $2.5 million. And rounding out the top ten, The Wandering Earth 2, uh, which I guess is... It sounds like Mortal Engines just from reading the (laughs) description here. Yeah, it looks pretty... I mean, it looks pretty interesting, I guess. Um, So the fact that it's showing up it, at number 10 in America means that, like, this is going insane in China. Like, this is huge. Well, um, I guess those results aren't being reported yet because apparently it's only made $1.3 million internationally. Interesting. Or maybe, maybe it released in earlier a year? All releases, let's see. All the releases. Nope, this is its only release so far. Uh, Asia Pacific has only opened in Australia and New Zealand, so it hasn't opened in China yet. Okay. I gotta say, just from watching the trailer on like IMDb, it, it looks it looks it looks kind of good. Like, what do we have? Moonfall. Mm-hmm. While well, China's is- producing shit like this. Where we we're gonna strap a rocket to the Earth and go, which um, side note is like almost an actual concept that scientists have like they they've run the numbers <laughs> and it's like they they see no reason why you can't uh, if you have enough big fuel yeah you can uh, you can move the Earth you can put you can right. put big old fucking uh, orbital uh, rocket kind of dealio on it and you can. You can push us out of the solar system if we have to. If we had like Dyson sphere level technology. If it came to that. <laughs> Yo, can you imagine if we ever built like a Dyson sphere? I know we never will, but like, that'd be pretty metal. It'd be metal as cool. fuck. Yeah, I would. You know, if we can just, I, I'm fine with us getting to fusion. If we can get fusion yeah. before I'm like I'll... sixty, that would be choice. Yeah, if we could, if we could like make a practical fusion, I'd be dope. Let's do it. Do it. Fusion. Ha. Ha. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that doesn't require earrings. I mean, come on. Let's... Well, the yeah, dance do doesn't require the earrings either. The earrings is easier though. If you're out of sync yeah. at all with the dance, you're gonna be fat or old. I know, but like, but like the earrings take a lot of like energy and to like manufacture. Like having that like be for every power grid. Plus, I mean, like think of all the like, cobalt that goes into them. Cobalt. You don't want African children mining. Having to shit, put cobalt. the earrings on the individual atoms. It's very tough. <laughs> They've been trying for a while. <laughs> but is it any yeah, tougher than getting them to dance like in perfect sync? I don't know. 
I'm, that's. Do scientists know this? That's all they have every, to do. You know, th- I I don't think they do. Well, I mean, the briefs the briefs uh, research organization obviously knows. I this. mean, Capsule Corporation's on top of things. Okay. <laughs> Fucking, we wouldn't have to deal with Elon Musk if we just had the actual Capsule Corporation. I, you know, Elon Musk is canceled. It's all about Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> What's up, Beijing? <laughs> Bing Have chilling. You ever seen Elon no. Ma? <laughs> I don't. Oh my god! Have you god. seen What's Up Beijing? That's the hot new meme. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta move on. <laughs> we we gotta, Elon we've Ma. got a show Money. to finish. <laughs> We're oh, talking about gaming news now. Uh, the Resident Evil Four remake looks like it's going to be ditching all of its uh, iconic QTEs, quick time events. Um, I really, it was a relic of game design of that era. I don't really need it to be back uh, or care that it's gone. So, mm-hmm. um, the Resident Evil 4 remake. Oh boy. It's coming. Like, I feel it's weird because it's like, it's so close to the, it's, it's a lot closer to the modern era than 1, 2, or 3 was because it, it changed the game. Um, changed up the. It the changed formula the formula a, a good bit, although. And a lot of you know, the the newer games are based a lot more on that formula than they are on the older version. So like doing a remake, uh, you get a lot more like value difference or value improvement out of like bringing those into the new style. But I don't know how it's gonna go with RE4. Um, I, I think it will go fine. I. I mean, the game is old. It's almost mm-hmm. 20 years old at this point. And uh, its graphics, while they're good, and they're, they were certainly impressive for the sixth generation, um, they could stand for some updating, and the new engine uh, is very photorealistic. And it's the most re-released game in yeah. perhaps the history of ever, so of course... People are going to buy it again. They're already conditioned to buy Resident Evil 4 every time it pops up in whatever re-pack. That's, that's the fucking greatest historical... I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't even call it a blunder, just like a unfortunate thing for, for Nintendo, where they really thought that Capcom was going to keep RE4 exclusive. Yeah. And then it became the most fucking prolific game of all time. I, I mean, the contract, I think, was only for like a year of exclusivity. And it, in, in fairness, it never came to the Xbox. Which is kind of weird, because the right. Xbox was the best console of that generation, at least from a hardware perspective. Yeah, but was it able to capture the likes of Nick Offerman, who swore off video gaming after he had a run-in with the likes of Banjo-Kazooie? Which got him so high, he had to swear off video games for twenty five well, years. Well, I'll I'll tell Nick Nick this, uh, you know. Thank God he never played DK sixty four. <laughs> if the collectathons were your weakness, you'd still be playing that game. <laughs> yeah. He said uh, the dopamine the dopamine drip was too high, and he had to, he had to stop. He like. Woke up in a fever dream hundreds of hours later. Said, ah, yeah. yeah. I'm still, still playing Banjo-Kazooie. 
I if Nick Offerman started like whittling like little jiggies <laughs> and made like woodcraft jiggies and banjo kazooie figures, dude, people yeah. would go fucking insane. Yeah. So so the reason I bring up Nick Offerman why he's in he's in, he's uh, in the Last of Us show press right? now is that uh, the Last of Us he is now considered a Last of Us star for having um, starred in uh, one episode of the Last of Us. <laughs> Um, he was the titular character Bill of Bill and Frank, um, and it was a good episode. Some say the best, but then again, they've said that about every episode of The Last of well, Us. Well, you know, so how good is The Last of Us really it? when Velma beat it out <laughs> in terms of streaming traffic on HBO Max? <laughs> it's so funny, because I was going to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the streaming things. We're like... Why can't Netflix just be like um, HBO and like release quality shit? But I can't really say that when <laughs> Velma HBO <exists. laughs> continues to peddle Velma alongside its fucking amazing shows that it has. Like drama, no question. They got they did the Game of Thrones, they did House of Dragon, um, and now they got The Last of Us. They They've had other fantastic. good shows good in, job. in there too. But yes, uh, I guess. Sure, whatever. I'm just Who paying knows? lip service you know? to them all, Jake. I what? How much time do we have? Huh? Huh? I'm just. Uh, we got we got lizard brains over here. Okay, we can only remember the last like couple of years. Otherwise, we go into a, a hot sweat and have to be coddled. Hot sweat. Um. So if I go too if I go too far back, I will time travel. And you will lose me. You will lose well, we're gonna me. We're going to lose okay? you after you have the kid anyway. So we're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then again, they just put out shit like Velma. And it's like, ah, oh, not that great. And, you know, Harley <laughs> that's, Quinn. That's an understatement. I actually watched a, a review of, of Velma, which had footage and all that. And it is perhaps worse than I had initially so, thought. <laughs> So I'm kind of watching Velma. Oh no! But not watching it through HBO. Somebody is uh, <laughs> reviewing each episode and putting it on YouTube as they come out, um, and they're like they're like almost ripping the entirety of the sh- of the episode and putting mm-hmm. it on. Um, so I'm like inadvertently watching it as they rifle through the just the shittiest of stuff, and they're like, it took them until like episode seven to like finally like one of the characters. One and then they turn around and just ruin it. Um, it's fucking bad. It is so Mindy bad. Kaling should be fired from. Home. You know, like I I don't understand why no one her previous work hasn't been very good. <laughs> but this is like even worse. I feel like this is, I. Well, this is what happens I when you give her more half a mind control, to think, like, I guess. I can't imagine she. Oh, wrote she wrote this every thing. episode, Jake. <laughs> I, 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 I almost can't imagine a human being would think that this was okay to put out there and that it passed people's evaluation. That's what like, I don't get. Yeah. Someone shipped this without reading a script. That's the only explanation, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't get it. Like, unless this is what they want, they want to put out. The hottest piece of diarrhea, so people will just like. Well, talk people about did. It, they talked about really, it, and they hate watched it enough for it to be more popular than The Last of Us on its opening week. Like, I'm sorry when when you 
boil down when you when you chop up and dissect Scooby Scooby Doo into a uh, government psyop project that involves like creating super soldiers, and that's what your Scooby is in this universe. F- f- fucking die. Yeah, everyone was upset like, that Scooby Doo wasn't like part of the initial game or whatever. I don't know if if he shows up later in the series. It sounds like. No, no. I just told yeah. you what he is. He's a. They they mention what Scooby is, and their only Scooby reference is it's an acronym for a government like. People mission. are upset by that, but I say that he should have been spared from this garbage, and I'm glad that he's not in the show. Like I'm just waiting for Scrappy. Like, um, you can play Counter Strike <sighs> 1.6 in your browser now. <laughs> I'm broken. Counter Strike uh, is one of the most important uh, video games in the history, but uh, a Russian website that does not appear to have any affiliation with Valve, so in all likelihood this is quite illegal, is trying to get the Russian authorities to take uh, down their site, I guess. So if you go to play-cs.com, you get taken to this very... Uh, not at all sketchy website with a list of servers that I guess you can join, hop in a game of Counter-Strike, OG Counter-Strike, um, in your browser. So, uh, have fun with all of that. Uh, three days ago, which would have been one, two, three, Tuesday, January 31st, uh, was officially designated by Japan as Final Fantasy VII Day to commemorate the 26th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. 26. 26, huh? Uh, that's that's not right. That, that can't be right. <laughs> it's impossible. It, PS1, it was only one year ago. Meta lost more than $4 billion on the Metaverse in the last fiscal quarter. So that's going real well for them. On top of um, having to lay off... Um, All the tech like sectors. Of, of the having lay, to yeah. lay off. And then, and, then, and then the sweet decadent icing on top. Partaking in like $40 billion worth of stock buybacks. Well... Why do you think they had to clear the payroll, Jake? <laughs> Ooh, you just loved it. You, you mm. love to see the mechanisms of capitalism in full-blown works today. I love it. The Zuck. Zucking it to the employees. Hey, Jake. Self-Zuck. The Self-Zuck. I mean... <laughs> As Winston Churchill once said, capitalism is the worst form of economic policy we've ever invented, aside from all the other forms of economic policy we've invented. <laughs> oh, yep. We love Meta, it. just like start eating your own ass like some sort of financial or robberess. <laughs> they're they're heading that way. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg is going to go bankrupt, and they're going to try to like arrest him for breach of fiduciary responsibility. He's just going to digitize his engram into the metaverse. Yeah, it's going to be the fucking, uh, it's that episode of Batman Beyond. Yeah. He's like, there's no, 
There's no tax code in cyberspace. <laughs> Halo is switching to the Unreal Engine as 343 Industries lays off a huge portion of their workforce. And I'm pretty sure a big portion of it was... Uh... Did you say Microsoft? Did you 343, say 343 in, in general, but Microsoft also laid off okay. a lot of people. A lot of the a lot of cuts yeah, to I the Xbox I'm... division in their first party studio, so I'm sure they had to fire. Yeah, I think a big portion of it was three or four three that got that got cut, and I'm like, eh, oh, well, oh well, well. <laughs> that's what happens when you can't finish a game. <laughs> well, can't finish a game, releasing an unfinished game. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Like, like who's to say that like three four three also wasn't pressured to release it before it was ready. Or force them into like uh, holding things back to be released, but then again, it's been what two year and a half, two years now since Halo Infinite's been out. We still don't have Forge, I don't believe. Like, do we have multiplayer? <laughs> I mean, you have multiplayer is there, um, but you have like four maps. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the I don't know. It, it just it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't new. The competitive scene was, I think, broken. Um, it's just, it's just not good. They didn't, they didn't make a good game. I'm sorry, but then you look at other games like Valorant, which is a reskin of CS:GO, and it's doing gangbusters. So, what, what's up? It's called game, Scope Creep, and it's the enemy of many a developer. <clears throat> I think it's just time to hang up. I think it's just time to hang up Halo's helmet. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I think it was time to hang up Halo's helmet after Halo Three. Um, not to say that there weren't okay Halo games that came out after that, but like we finished the fight in two thousand seven, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, who's to say that like like just killing off Master Chief right there and not having some like half-assed kind of oh he lived kind of on a spaceship in the middle of nowhere um, was the right thing to do and just like killing him off there and having that like dramatic and then if you want to do another Halo game there can be other Spartans it doesn't have to be Chief (laughs) yeah that was was like kind of the cool point about it was he he had a helmet on could have been anyone he was was a dude could have been any seven foot <laughs> tall, and then <laughs> and then you, then you get the show, then you get the show that comes out, which has been something that fans have been pissing themselves I've, over. I've yet to. For... It's been sitting on the Plex server for a while now. I've yet to watch it. I'm. A, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little scared to watch it. <laughs> oh, the Halo series on yeah. Plex. It's on my Plex. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I watched the first like three or four episodes. And like it, it was okay. <laughs> that but was the like, most pained expression you've ever had when you said something was okay. And if you're saying that, because I know it's not good. <laughs> because there were scenes that were so cool, and they just took little like tenth grader, like fifteen to eighteen year old Jake, and like plucked him out of like high school and said, "Go have a snow day and play Halo all day." And that little elation of Jake versus what happened in like the next scene where you saw his ass, 
and he took off the helmet and like he's falling in love with the alien human that was captured no purge yeah. those xenos oh like i like i took a spoonful of vegemite to take the medicine you know yeah, that's why they call him john ring right <laughs> Yeah. John Halo. Yeah, John Halo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's essentially what they did. Is that they're like, and his last name is Halo. Da, 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 da. I'm going alone. You're so your hand. I, I'm going to call you Hand Solo. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh fuck! It's. I mean, just look at look at the Last of Us. First two episodes, they're like the game did it really well. We're just going to do what the game did and fucking copy it verbatim and add some background fluff to prop it up on a nice little pedestal. And then and that's you you have it take its its uh its uh liberties with things like uh the third episode and it, and, it, and it made it better in certain things. Yeah, I mean but then you have Halo just ripping it to shreds and saying we're going to make our own thing. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna adapt this bad uh, sci-fi show by slapping the Halo name on it's it. It's what happens when you have writers that think they're smarter than everyone else, and they don't want to do your thing. They want to do their thing, and you paid all their money to get the rights to this property. They don't care. They'll take the name and just write their story. It's like the Rings of Power is a similar situation. Yeah. Because after Halo 2, it's like the, the fans weren't really buying Halo for the the insane gameplay that they're about to witness. You know, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. if you go back and play the original Halo games, they were pretty. They're like a, they're like one step away from just Doom, but better. Uh, they're a couple steps up um, from Doom, but I mean, for the time, they were very. They were. It was the first time you had a PC level shooter on consoles yeah but what's a little 3d acceleration between games <laughs> but when i say that it's like it's it's like when you can you can take like things like call of duty where you have the, the the aiming down sights and the different types of mobility um and the kill streaks and you have those different multiplayer elements In like 2006 and when you compare it I, like I wouldn't say Call of Duty is similar to Doom. I would say Halo is more similar to Doom. It's a, it yeah, a it, it shares its DNA. Stagnant FPS. Well, I would I would say it's more of an um, arena shooter in the vein of like Quake. Like it definitely takes a lot of influence from from the Quakes Quake. of the world. Um, okay. but yeah, and it it was very innovative for the time but yeah i agree with, with what you're saying by the time halo 3 yeah. came out you know there had been other shooters that have kind of gone in different directions even like you know shit like unreal tournament was out by that point yeah. and it was a much faster paced game yeah and it was the story that was kind of bringing i think the the, the gamers back let's Let's see how let's see where this goes. We've we've stayed with it for for two games. Uh, you've actually built up a pretty um, you know layered story. Um, let's see where it goes. And it had a really good payoff in three. Um, and then they just kind of left it to where if it can be revived, let's revive it. If it doesn't get revived, it's okay. Yeah. And that's and when you come to that crossroad, 
and you had that split in like leadership is when a lot of things started to fall apart. You saw four kind of just say, let's go down this the road. And it just didn't work. It's just it's just more of the same shit with a different coat of paint. You had so the covenant. You had the uh, what are they called? The Prometheans. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, same thing. The Creamsicle Boys. Okay, the you have a Transformers. You had a really good enemy, but it, like the payoff sucked, um, and the gameplay wasn't all that amazing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until Infinite where they actually did something with the gameplay and like. You know, up the uh, they added a grappling hook. But yeah. this, <laughs> it was a good grappling hook. It's surprising. <laughs> it was surprising how much that added yeah. to it. Like, yeah, everybody used the grappling hook. That's all they really wanted to use for it. Um, but it, it added to that that layer of like of intensity, and and people loved it. Uh, it's just the story was a little was was really lackluster. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. every I feel everything story wise since you know three has kind of been to some extent a letdown a lot of people enjoyed halo 4 but like halo 5 was like you aren't going to understand anything unless you've read these three books (laughs) and who the hell's got time Mm -hmm. for that (laughs) instead of doing something like what probably final fantasy did was making supplemental games to fill in that plot detail they shoved it in books and comics and blog posts and it's like well, nobody's gonna know that. And I don't care enough to know. You know, it is what it is. Just like Koala Man is what he is, and that's a hero to all the Daptonians. Koala Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed this show quite a bit. Um, it uh, it's more of what I wanted out of a Michael Cusack show. Um, where it is kind of a lot of a lot of similar, very Aussie humor to Bushland Adventures, um, with characters that are more easy to uh, tolerate than those of Yellow Crystal <laughs> Fantasy, and a yeah. story that you know, while pretty basic, had some nice like callbacks and interweaves into it. I, I it, it's only eight episodes. I enjoyed pretty much all eight of them. Yeah, this is this is like my ideal for like. There's there's obviously like streaming flagship content. There's those big fucking to do series that are helming and they draw the numbers for your they streaming the service. Money. Yeah, and you know the I, I guess the business model should be oh we should have some mid level content too right to pat to give some bolster to the roster and have something for you to watch after your um prestige tv is binge is over and this is what they i think this is what they have in mind but what you get is netflix trash (laughs) this is a perfectly good like you know it absorbs easily it's enjoyable it's funny uh it's not the uproarious uh quote fest of of some of his other stuff but I did. I never had a bad time watching this. Oh no! And I, I got, I laughed some pretty good, and he got some pretty big voice talent. And on this, you got Hugh Jackman like, for the entire run. Uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords also. Mm-hmm. Very important character. Yeah. The um, 
it's it's kind of like how in in Canadian programming they have to have like CanCon, yeah, um, mandatory Canadian content. Um, I don't think Australia has a rule like that, but I think it was a for the sake of the country kind of thing where they're like, hey, you're Aussie, come on back, get you in a roll. Holy shit. Hugo Weaving was King Emudeus. Yeah. Emudeus. Emudeus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they snuck That's some awesome. some really solid voice talent in. Just like, hey, you're you're an Aussie legend. We'll get you in an episode. You know what? And they also invited Justin Roiland. Season on. two. And they, they shrunk uh, him and killed him. Season two coming. And um yep. they gotta get the Anti Dana boys involved. Please. Yeah, that would be, Please, oh, that'd be epic. Be I will epic. speak it into existence now. Michael Cusack, hear my prayer. <laughs> Contact the Anti Donna yeah, boys. Get them in an episode. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think I was gonna love this the way I did, um, but this had like a really sweet spot of like your bizarro bushland adventure uh comedy element and had a through line that was more like um down to earth that really tied yeah it, it was together. funny because it, like it seemed like it was gonna be really realistic and that was gonna be a lot of the joke of the premise is how like mundane and boring it all is but then you had the tall poppy and you had fucking first episode, characters yeah. that were literal sausage rolls <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I kind of misread where this was going. <laughs> good, good, and they're just judicious application just okay of, of absurdity. Yes. Yeah, and and you get you get a little bit of <laughs> they kind of do a weird like amount of world building and like exposition dump halfway through, and explains how we're in like a different type of like land, mm-hmm. um, and it 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 is relevant because we. Even though we don't get a whole lot Hollywood of Hollywood Island has um, arrived at the top. We do get Hollywood <laughs> Island at the end. And um, that was like something thrown in seemingly random in the middle as like an exposition dump. Um, That's like a Michael but, Cusack special. Like, yeah. he does that in all the stuff where it's like, yeah, no, there's like, you can go find a wizard just, you know, out and about. They'll, they'll be there. And you can have you can have a drinking contest with them. Oh, go off, wizard. <laughs> Oh, don't cast your magic spell on me, wizard. <laughs> you know, that just kind of shit. And yeah, the whole fucking that that weird lore lore dump in episode what three? Yeah, three or four, some of that. It was with the uh, it was the red American, line. Yeah, think, the right? red line they, rule or whatever. The red hot, red hot rule, rule. Yeah, the red hot rule, which is like <laughs> another thing about like. I, I think it takes like really silly stereotypes about like. Australia being like in a different time zone or a day ahead all the time um, and just kind of like what if they were real it's just it's mm-hmm. really clever the ideas that they threw into this um, and been saying they're in the they're in the future and they could like change world events if they wanted to we've already seen that iceberg <laughs> the time bobbies <laughs> the time the time bobbies I love what he's calling at the end of the episode and just see their fucking heads rising up from the water. <laughs> like they're an ever present like like deity. Yeah, it's the fucking <laughs> I'll come smite you down if you ever break this. You. 
What's I the, have no oh, son. Fuck. What's the thing from Loki? What's the what's the the, the dudes from Loki? TVA or something oh, like that. Oh shit! Of, the the, te- the temporal bureau. Fucking yeah. the, it's the time bobbies. I'm good. It's in Loki season two. If that ever comes around, I'm calling them the time. They're bobbies. just the time bobbies. The time. Yeah. Um. That that is amazing. I I do like it. It's kind of almost stand out how much the whole show follows the format of like a Saturday morning kids cartoon. <laughs> um, because like, it, I don't know it, this does something that I don't think I've seen a show do in a long time, unless I'm like browsing on like cable TV or like, you know, network TV on at home or something is that they'll do like a fade out cutaway for commercial breaks. Yeah. At like, at like, Import, you know, at like proper times, and I'm like, I haven't. It's been it's been a decade since I've it's had been to years that since I've seen that. I, I mean, it's it's got to be something uh, to do with Hulu, with the fact that they have like the oh yeah, they have the, the well. I'm seeing that like a little bit on Peacock break. too now, where content sometimes has the commercial fade out. I think like kind of arbitrarily placed not super organically and i think that's for ad supported tiers of the service but yeah when you have the ad free plan it just fades the black in the middle of like a conversation you're like what the fuck and that comes right back and you're like what was that mm-hmm. I'll, trying I'll to watch how, sanford how and son god damn it <laughs> I wonder how expensive it would be and how hard it would be to code that in to where like ad free ad free version of Koala Man wouldn't fade to black would uh just do a cut to the next scene. You'd have or, to have a separate version I of the. I feel the, like it would almost lose something in that yeah. way. Um, do a pan, a pan. Well, of, I, I that I was speaking only of Peacock. I don't know if uh, I'm sure they put ads in those spaces if you're on the ad supported Hulu plan, but. Uh, I feel like this could also be airing on Adult Swim. Like this, I don't know how much of this was it's a Hulu original, like R-rated. You know, too hot for TV. Oh no, this could definitely be on Adult Swim. I've seen much worse shit on Adult Swim. Oh, Are you kidding yeah. me? I mean, they had like one tit in it when they when they re- climbed up the mountain to the mountain of a. Uh, it is. It is so. a thousand. It is in no way worse than Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, but that that might pass the the censorships because they didn't they didn't show much. Yeah, it would probably just. I mean, that's just a matter of fuzzing that one out anyway. Yeah, it would be so yeah, easy to edit around yeah, that for television. Easy. Yeah, um, yeah, and then and so yeah, like and also much like an episodic children, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. All the episodes are are very episodic with like with a little bit of a backbone of a story and then they close it up with a two-parter at the end of the season and that's that brings me back to the fucking 90s kids like that's that's like how star well they had a two-parter and then a standalone episode that kind of followed the events because the emu war was the two-parter and then the hot christmas was uh well i thought those i couldn't i put those two together as like that it those two episodes were the two. I could have sworn there were two Emu War episodes. Well, the it was called the episode was called Emu War Two. Oh, okay. 
because it was the the second emu war all right yeah. yeah yeah so i could see how you get confused on that but um yeah those those two just kind of because it ends with the lead-in to yes. um the 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 rival showdown but you oddly also have like even a sub through line where there's the the daughter um Oh yeah, no. Uh, they Allison, have two who, two B stories. Yeah, yeah. Who who wants to who wants to be the most popular girl at school? And I was surprised that that one was the one that they decided to run with Instead as of, like the as like the other. Like, I thought she was going to become um, like the main villain by the end of the se- series. Yeah. Um, but they they went a different way with that with the Kukubera, which I I loved that payoff. <laughs> I love that so much. That was, that was so, so good. funny. <laughs> like it, because it were it, there were so many levels to it. Like you know, it's it's because mm-hmm. like the the second appearance of the kookaburra, like I heard it as Jermaine's voice. I'm like, that's weird. That Jermaine's gonna be voicing two characters. Oh wait a minute. Wait. A so second, I I cracked yeah. that code. But what I did not anticipate <laughs> was that his character was actually the kid that he stopped from using the bathroom as a hall monitor who pissed himself. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking he was going to come back. I didn't know how he was going to come back. I missed the, um, I mean, yeah, you could easily put it together with the Jermaine. I, I wasn't really paying attention to like the voice um, and like, like pinpointing the uh, the principal's voice and then the kookaburra's voice, because um, a lot of times you do have multiple um, yeah. voice actors on on one project, but he didn't really change anything up for those voices. So you could easily put those together, and I just wasn't paying attention to that. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, it's a nice little reveal. And and then I was like, oh yeah, okay, makes sense that that's the the child he created the villain, the classic. Uh, mm-hmm. Hero creates the villain is, to to foil his plans at the end, which is just a, a solid piece of character writing, too. You know, it's not yeah. like they're trying to do anything like hugely revolutionary. He, they kind of just said, "Oh yeah, the the hero's you know his own personal troubles kind of created this villain that kind of personifies his character flaws." That's like writing one hundred and two. <laughs> That's like yeah. fiction writing one hundred and two, and they just said it works. That's not you know this point of the show is not a you know a, a a crazy plot or like a character analysis. It's the jokes. So if this is, it's a pretty compelling story hook. It's it been in. around for forever yeah, because it, it works. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's a lot of so, the writing decisions on this show, and it's not a bad thing. No, at all. Uh, I don't it, besmirch anyone because so many shows don't do that. When they easily could. Really fucking trying too hard. Melma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and th- well, that's like just so preachy. Like, you don't have to be preachy. You can you can have your messages in certain areas and, like, not really, like, harp on them too much. But when you dwell on them and come back to them time and time again, it's like, it's like get, get the it, fuck over with. Is it bad and that it, Koala Man has stronger female characters than, uh, than Velma? <laughs> no, because both no, the female, both bad. the female family members are great, strong, empowered female characters. There's the wife who's yeah. like figuring out her own life and learning to be self sufficient and like, you know, um, and who can apparently work too, which yeah. they even magic with a then, drill. As we just <laughs> said, the daughter Allison has her own fucking plot yeah. line about you know gaining 
power. popularity and dabbling no, in me- lesbianism. <laughs> no, Mindy Kaling wrote Velma as a cry for help, and we should really be getting her into that mental hospital right about now because she needs to be on medication. But um, I think what Qualaman does really, really well is, like you said, those those basic story beats of your classic hero plot um, and just wrap it in the foil of Michael Cusack's style of humor, which is the bizarre, the Australian. The Australian. <laughs> just the Australian. Yeah. They just, they're just wrapping an Australian, and, and it, it makes for the same level of quality hero um, digestible content with the the hilarity of something that was written by like Rick and Morty. Right. And and it's a it's a fucking hit. And I thought this was gonna be shit. Like I, I kept on seeing advertisements for this and I'm like, uh oh, here goes another Yeah. You know, shoddy uh solar opposites. I'm gonna Paradise be Paradise P D Yeah. I'm gonna go haha a couple times or something. Brickleberry. Yeah, br- oh fucking brickleberry, yeah. Here's another Brickleberry. Here's Thanks, G-Force, Tosh. right? Or what was that one? Oh, oh my god. G-Force was the hamsters. Q-Force yeah. is a canceled gay show that That was a Netflix great idea. tried to pump out. <laughs> Just like we could we can name these till the cows come Yeah, home. there's um because yeah. people I mean even his last show Yolo Crystal and simultaneously trying too hard. Yeah, I mean even his last show Yolo Crystal fantasy i i mean there was some stuff that i laughed at you know obviously i'll always give it up for the double terry cup but (laughs) overall that show was a slog to get through (laughs) yeah um but this one it just it just hits it right and it it reminds me of all the things i liked about um late 90s early 2000s kind of cartoon network kind of shows honestly like this is also the reason why the regular show show i think was so popular um it's the same kind of basic elements where it's it's all about the details and the execution on um a set of you know maybe not so um exotic premises yeah and it works it it works and Um, i'll give it a recommend yeah yeah, i'm looking forward if you if you like the humor of bushland adventures then uh and they're half an hour episodes too, which is which is also fine. And there's only eight of them, Great. so super, you can super digestible in today's climate of like, hey, forty five minute episode. Is you the can standard. knock this shit out in an afternoon if you really want to. And I almost did. I had to stop myself because I could have just binged it all, yeah. but I had like other stuff. I did half and half. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I definitely would recommend it. And uh, I think that's going to be a wrap on episode 352. We'll be back next week with, I think, you people or or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll get that sorted out and uh, bring it to you at that time. But until then, uh, remember, you can check out video versions of the show on our YouTube channel, which we found at sirenstuds.com. Uh, links to all our stuff can be found on sirenstuds.com. Um, as it were, and uh, 
Peter will buy a new microphone cable at some point. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.